0: Our text today comes from the book of Acts, the history of the early church, and uh, it's a strange and touching story of an encounter between two very different people on a dusty desert road. It's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch from Acts chapter 8. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road, and he rose and went, and behold, an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a minister of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go up and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guide me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, as a sheep led to the slaughter or a lamb before its shearers is dumb, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken up from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, pray, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news of Jesus. And as they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What is to prevent my being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught up Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing on, he preached the gospel to all the towns till he came to Caesarea. May the Lord bless to our hearts and our minds this reading of his word. Well, brothers and sisters, we are in the midst of two different pandemics, two epidemics. One of them gets all the news, it's talked about all the time, the coronavirus, COVID-19. But the other epidemic, which is happening not just here, but all around the world, is an increase in xenophobia, the fear of strangers. All around the world, many people are finding themselves pulling back, building walls, closing themselves off to foreigners, to other people. This is because of fear, a phobia. It happens all over. I was in France a couple of years ago, I remember, and I got into, invited to a dinner party with some French people, and there was a conversation about society and culture and everything. And this one very learned French person said to me, he said, you know, we have two problems here in France. One is an increase in anti-Semitism and the other is a fear and sometimes hatred of strangers. It can happen here. I remember going back to Phoenix a few years ago and I was visiting with my childhood friend, Danny Costello. And we were you know, just remembering the old, good old days growing up there and, and we started talking about a place that we would go to often called Encanto Park. Encanto Park was like heaven when we were kids. It was this place in downtown Phoenix that had a lagoon it had canals and rides and uh, an archery range, everything. And I said, gosh, uh, it must be neat, uh, Danny, uh, for you now that you have your own kids, to take them to where you went to when you were a kid to Encanto Park. (laughs) And he just laughed. He said, Bill, he says, we don't go to Encanto Park anymore. I said, well, why not? He said, the Mexicans. It's all Mexicans now. They've taken the place over. They're down there. They're making tacos on the hamburger grills. They got the accordions. We don't go there anymore. Xenophobia. The fear of strangers. Fred Craddock tells us, interesting story about returning to the church that he was raised in, in Oklahoma. He hadn't been there for 15 years and they had remodeled the church and they installed these stained glass windows. Um, And uh, he was looking at them. They had plaques with people's names on them and uh, he didn't recognize any of the names. They weren't the regular church families that he knew about. So he asked someone about the windows, and they said, oh, well, here's the story behind those. There was this church up in St. Louis, uh, and they ordered these windows from Italy, and when they got here, they didn't fit. And so the the people in Italy said, well, we'll make you some new ones. Just sell those and get whatever you can. And so they were a really good price. So we bought them, and uh, we installed them here when we did the remodel. And Fred Craddock said, well, they sure are pretty, but can't you take those plaques off? They said, well, you know, we talked about it in the board. We talked about it. And we came to the conclusion that it would be good for this little church to know that there are people who are Christians who are strangers to us, to remind us of that. The Bible, in speaking of hospitality and love of strangers, is not utopian." It's not just a beautiful sentiment. In fact, according to Matthew 25, it is the basis of the judgment of the world. Do you remember Jesus' last parable where he talked about dividing the nations of the world into the sheep and the goats? And the, the criteria for the judgment of whether you're saved or not has to do with whether you saw Jesus hungry and fed him, thirsty and gave him something to drink, in jail and visited him. And the fourth thing was, when you saw a stranger and you welcomed them. So the actual welcoming of the stranger, according to the Bible, is one of the criteria by which the nations of the world will be judged. We need to make sure in our country that we are living up to the standard of hospitality that the Bible asks for. In fact, they even take it one step further. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending out the disciples and he says this to them. He says, "...anybody who is hospitable to you is hospitable to me, and the one who welcomes you welcomes me. Whoever receives you receives me. Whoever welcomes one of my preachers will receive the award of a preacher, and whoever shows hospitality to one of my disciples will be rewarded as though he or she is a disciple." Isn't that amazing? What about doctrine and Trinity and believing all the right things? No, forget it. Just be hospitable and you will be rewarded, the Bible says very, very clearly. And then we have our text, this beautiful, beautiful story that I love so much. Holy Spirit says to Philip, I want you to go to this road, the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, to dusty, Desert Road, and he goes there. And uh, there is this man, the Ethiopian eunuch. He's the treasurer to the Queen of Ethiopia. And he's traveling on the road. He's coming home from having been up in Jerusalem to worship God, the God of Israel. Even though he is Ethiopian, he worships Yahweh, the God of Israel. You get the picture? He's an Ethiopian. Now, in those days, Ethiopian didn't just mean a guy from Ethiopia. It was a cultural symbol, a metaphor for a foreigner. Since the days of Homer, it was the equivalent of he's from Timbuktu. He's as far away as you can get. He's an Ethiopian. He's from the jumping off place. You got that? We're talking foreigner here. And he's a eunuch. He's reading the Bible. Obviously, he's doing a very selective reading because I can show him in Deuteronomy 23 where it says, no eunuch, no eunuch can have a place in the assembly of God's people. It's written there. Why do you go up to Jerusalem anyway to worship? Why do people go and bang on doors that are locked and stand there with bloody knuckles? Why do people try to join country clubs where they aren't wanted? They don't want you there. Why would you try to get in? Why would anybody stand around outside worship, waiting for it to be over and ask, well, what did the choir sing? What did the preacher say? What was the scripture? Looking through the holes and the slats of a fence too high to cross. Why? Well, I guess there's two kinds of people. Those who know and experience... Those who have tasted it, and those who want it so bad, they can taste it. So the Ethiopian wanted God. He wanted to know God so bad. He went up to Jerusalem to worship, even though he's not wanted himself. And on the way home, he's reading the Bible. He's reading it, and he's got his face in the book there, and and he's reading Isaiah, and it says, Like a lamb led to slaughter, sheep before shear is dumb. He's cut off from the land of the living. Who's going to declare his genealogy? He was killed without having any children. And the eunuch must be thinking, wow, I wonder who they're talking about. Sounds like there might be some kinship here. No children, no grandchildren, no other generation, nobody to carry the name. Who's that about? You see, he's reading Isaiah, and, the, and it's changed. The talk has changed. Now it says in Isaiah 56, No longer let the foreigner say, surely God will exclude me from the people. No longer let the eunuch say, I'm a dry tree. For the days are coming, says the Lord, when to the eunuch who loves me and obeys my commandments, I will give a place in my house forever. His name shall be a memorial for generations, and for him it shall be better than children and grandchildren. Philip, who's this about? And Philip said, well, it's about this man named Jesus. In a little while, the eunuch says to the driver of the chariot, stop, here's some water. And then he asked the question heard round the world, can anyone forbid me? From being baptized can anyone forbid me i don't know i imagine philip is thinking well he's probably thinking about that little white church back home he says i can think of some people that would forbid you for sure but he didn't and the eunuch said i'd like to be baptized can anyone forbid me and philip and he went into the water and he was baptized a foreigner was accepted xenophobia lost out you know it's painful and difficult to practice hospitality the love of strangers but that's our choice xenophobia or phyloxenia which is the love of strangers phyloxenia is the cure for xenophobia god asks us to do something which is counter to our human instincts it's the only cure for xenophobia all we can do is to trust that God's command for us to welcome strangers is part of His wisdom, and His wisdom is more trustworthy than our fears. Amen.